And now, get your skank on, Swellians. The big dance is about to begin. Please welcome to the stage the dons of degeneracy, the Illuminati of the surfing literati, the award-winning altered state warriors, Smitty and Vaughn Rinscon, the deadly. I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the whoop, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Surf looks good, haven't? Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are bad! Yes, yeah, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to Ain't That Swell live from the Stain Hotel. Come one, come all, come stain! I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. Smitty! Smitty, ladies and gentlemen, brand applause. That's right. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Attracts magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Give it up for the Rinsed Corn, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. I'm the swellings. Hamad, Hamad, Hamad. It's been a big weekend, mate. We're here as part of the Young Henry's Rip-In Weekender. I've ripped in so hard, I'm pretty much ripped inside out right now. Oh, prolapsed cornhole or not that oh, far yeah, inside no, no. out? It's bad. But uh, three days of absolute hilarity. The Volcom State team has been absolutely on a tear downstairs. Can we get a round of applause for the crew? The Young Henry Skate team. It's been awesome. We've had DJs. We've had so much stuff going on. But, mate, gee whiz, I've put away some of the product. I think I've single-handedly cost that company a lot of money. Holy shit. Look at the size of your liver, dude. It's bulging out your fucking ribs, mate. Wow. And this is going to be a big one. This is the cherry on top, Vaughn. The very cherry on top of this rip-in weekender. A mad rip-in with two of the greatest core lord cone fiend slab shamans that have ever graced this fine continent. And uh, it's going to be a great afternoon of shenanigans, mockery, garbled gibberish, the usual shenanigans. Uh, I mean, I, and then I think we're going to go downstairs and watch Noz's new film, correct? Which is... Uh, Upstairs, I mean, up here. Uh, oh, we're doing up here? Yeah, right uh, here. Mad, mad, mad. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to spoil too much about it. Uh, it. It's a great film. It's one of the best films. Uh, Noah, 
is the protagonist, of course, plays himself Indeed. on a schizconical journey uh, in which uh, he makes some unlikely friends in the form of dick draggers and they open the good faith, opens uh, a kingdom, an urchin-encrusted kingdom and he wrangles with the foam ball, which I, I took as some kind of metaphor for the, the grappling with reality that comes with being one of the country's premier core lord Conefiend Hellman degenerates. It's a great film. Five cone pieces, Margaret. I mean, Vaughn, what did you make of it? Mate, uh, no joke. I watched this thing and my face peeled off. My skull fell in half. My brain fell out. It is one of the greatest surf movies I've ever seen. But you'll get to see it after the show. But uh, in the room tonight is the guy who also helped Noah make that film. And that's Mikey Malalu. 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 Who also made Interlusions. And they dropped... You know, basically dropping in the same week. So two of the best surf movies I've seen in so long, made by the same guy. Big round of applause for Mikey Mao. Where is he? Up the Mormick. One of New Zealand's finest. And uh, congratulations on the Women's World Cup victory, mate. That was awesome. It's me? Yeah, where is he? Where is he? He's way up the back there. I have a couple of cone pieces, Mikey, you madman. There you go. <laughs> Start handing them out early. Uh, let's get our first guest up then. Let's do it. It's time for today's main event. Fighting out of Coolangatta, Australia. Standing at 6 feet, 1 inch and 85 kilograms of pure chew juice. The heir to an Australian surfing dynasty the cone, the shaman of the meat slab, the scion of skits punts, the prince of pits that will take your fucking head off, prolapse your cornhole and blow your wig off. More courage than a coked up fighter pilot, more talent than one of those mathematician tweakers, more thick jam than a marmalade factory. Please welcome to the stage the matador of mortal cones, the human satellite, Noah and Knife Zedebra. song choice there, Smithy. <laughs> oh, Gary Glitter, he got, uh, he got done in the Philippines in some kind of massage parlour, didn't he? Suspect. Very weird. Um, G'day, Noz. Hello. <laughs> Fuck, this is fucked. <laughs> Don't worry, mate, we set a very low bar on this program. Is this okay, your first perfect. go on here? Yeah, I've, you've been trying to get me for ages and I've been slipping out the back door oh. every time. It's been perfect. True. Popping your cherry. Finally we'll be gentle. Me. It's all good, mate. Mate, um... The film is outstanding. Congratulations. We had a, a brief chat about it the other day, but um, how did you do it? How did you, like, sit on two years of footage without any of it getting out? Because it's, fuck, man, it's impossible to do. Like, everyone is basically in this sort of uh, cycle of just instant gratification. Just the commitment to the project to be able to sit on that for so long. How did you and Mikey just, you know, really sink into that? 
we kind of just started filming it and um i don't know got a few things together and a couple of good clips happened straight off the bat and kind of just i don't know i wanted to at least i don't know go my whole career with not just making like short stuff or having one part and one thing you know and like it was hard to like i don't know people were always asking for clips sort of to like i don't know you know everyone's always asking for clips to go out and everyone wants to see you surfing and stuff but i was like just kind of did it for myself really to like have one film that was kind of like the people who inspired me to make films and just wanted to make something long that people can watch and get soaked on i don't know that's so cool man it's like it's it's we all grew up watching actual movies you know and those yeah. things are pretty seldom on the ground these days what were the films that you were looking at when you wanted to make this thing uh kind of like there was a few films like john john's movie done was a pr pretty like prominent in my mind like watching that when i watched it i was like how the fuck's he doing this and I know that like it probably took him a bit to get all that together. Maybe not because he's fucked up, but um, I just thought like I don't know that was a that one made a lasting impression on me, and I was stoked on that. And then also like older stuff like Bruce movie, and obviously heaps of old Taylor Steele stuff. But I don't know. There's something with like a longer film. It's like I guess. You don't get that instant gratification of just chucking your clip up on the gram, but you like, I mean, people will probably just watch it and forget about it, but there'll be a couple of kids that probably watch it over and over again. And that, that's like what I did with like Green Iguana and stuff like that, you know? So I was kind of just doing it for maybe like 10 kids that are gonna watch it on repeat and hopefully take something from it, you know? Man, for me, yes, well said, well played. For me, this film hit as hard as, you know, those book films from the early noughties, like your tensions, your superstars. Uh, you know, I, I feel like surfing's actually been kind of playing catch-up for 20 years and we've finally caught up where you are surfing those kinds of waves um, that have, you know, they dot this coastline, you go in any direction uh, and you'll find some fucking heaving, urchin-encrusted meat slab, but sticks have generally shied away from them. Um, and, you know... You're not only surfing them, you're fucking manhandling them, man. And you're getting blown out of them. And I guess my question is, mate, those things are blown out so hard. Do you have like a bald patch on the back of your head? Are you kidding me? Nah, not yet. <laughs> but um, I, another video I actually watched a heap was like Mitch Vid, which is Mitch Rollins' video. And he's going absolutely psycho as you can go on like the craziest waves. And that kind of inspired me a lot actually the way that he surfed and he actually like looked he, he used to watch tom curran and try to bodyboard like a surfer you know wow but, but then like i don't know me and harry have been kind of watching a lot of bodyboarding and trying to surf like boog i mean surf like a booger yeah. and that's a different line to what anyone's been trying to do i mean jamie's been doing it for a bit for sure and john john and stuff like that in the sense of like how they like scoop on the backside on bottom turns and stuff and I don't know, if you keep doing the same thing, nothing new is gonna happen, you know? Totally, should we get Haz up here? Yeah, get him up here immediately. <laughs> then we can go deep on this bull combo because uh, it's a good one. It is. Haz. And now, 
representing the Sunshine Coast, standing at 5 feet, 11 inches, and 80 kilograms of truck stop pies, schooners, and swollen pineal glands. He's made his name, hucking himself into the trough over barely concealed pointy rocks with naught but a magical bowl cut to protect him, a full bone flyboy par excellence. He's a piss taker extraordinaire, the Sydney Harbour Patrol's most wanted man, and the most Australian creation since Shane Warne carved it in a Thai brothel. Huzzah! He'll whip your middle peg out of the ground. Please welcome to the stage the great two-pig call or country wizard, Harry this would be easier if everyone just turned around out there and just looked the other way. It's rattling, isn't it? hundred faces staring at you, hanging on your every word. <laughs> I just try to uh, picture them all in mankinis. I wish I had a hat, at least. Mm. Has, uh, welcome to the program. Another guy breaking his duck. Huzzah! How does it feel to be up here with a hundred cunts hanging on your every word, mate? It's great. I've, um, I'm a late addition to the rip-in weekender. <laughs> But I've come in hot. <laughs> I was actually, I've been on the northern beaches for a wedding this weekend. And um, Noah convinced me to swing into Manly this afternoon. And I'm stoked to be here. And I'm frothing to watch the video later. And I'm happy to drop the chin with you lads for a bit too, for sure. Fantastic. Um, both of you guys are from Queensland. And um, up there, mate, there's not really a heaving bug scene at all. So. Queensland, yeah. Huh? Queensland. Yeah, Queensland. Queensland. <laughs> um, there's not much of a book scene, so how did you wind up in the thick of, you know... What do you mean? The sunny coast is like the biggest trad scene in the world. Is it? <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> Caloundra. How did you end up down there in the thick of it, uh, becoming good friends with these guys who were trailblazers, you know, in, in like Smithy said, you know, slab surfing for sure. Like, there's no one doing what these guys have been doing for years. With your own uh, signature series, bodyboards and all sorts of things now. So, what what led you down there? What what was the uh, attraction? I don't know. I kind of um, yeah. I so basically it all started. I, I met a girl from the south coast, and she pretty much introduced me to a lo lot of like my lifelong friends now, which then led into this life of um, yeah, hanging out with all these disgusting, filthy bodyboarders who. <laughs> have also, um, yeah, got me into some pretty good surf over the last few years. So, no, it's been really good. And basically, like, the, the move from, like, Queensland to New South Wales, like, around origin time is fucking tough, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to be careful. It's full on. Like, going to, going to watch origin, like, with all your mates at, like, their house and stuff, like, it's full on. <laughs> but, no, it's been, it's been good. I love... Um, I love the South Coast. I love everything it has to offer and I've met a heap of good friends over the years and I'm now stoked to have Noah as one of my neighbours and 
we've been doing a bunch of surfing together over the last couple of months and it's been great, yeah. Can you take us to the day where the boys, the bull, bull crew who are on these slabs, and it's probably a different story for both of you, but the first wave that they took you to where you were going, are these fucking blokes joking? Are they stitching me up? Because, you know, like a lot of those waves are top secret. We won't mention them. But getting there on a stick and having to try and wrangle it, what they're doing. Take us through your first session where you were like, hang on a minute, this is another fucking planet. I, <laughs> I think it's Dav and Katie's fault, for yeah, sure. Definitely. That's like two dudes who we film with heaps who are filthy tratters. And um, they dogged it tonight because there's probably some shit slab that they're trying to hunt tomorrow that fucking sucks. And uh, uh, so, Tratters, are, are we going to get cancelled like Dave Chappelle? What do you actually? What does that mean? Like a tra- a trad is a traditional bodyboard. Ah, it's been abbreviated like, you know, like just Australian culture. We abbreviate everything. Yeah, yep. we might even start abbrevi- abbreviating trad soon. It might even get shorter. <laughs> tra. <laughs> well, can you take us to the first session where they went, all right, we're going to let you into our world yeah. and what you experienced in that session? Yeah, I've, it's actually a good story. So the first, like one of my first times down on the South Coast, there's a guy named Mad Dog who owns Zion Wetsuits and also the bodyboard company Drag. And he took me out to this wave in, um, yeah, in Wollongong and he launched a jet ski from out of a boat ramp and... He, the, it was like late, late in the afternoon and there was only a really short window and he floored his jet ski so hard that I fell off the back and snapped my fins out into my back. <laughs> and then he took me back to the boat ramp because I had another um, board in his car. <laughs> so I get in and I get this other board ready and get out and he drops me in the lineup and it's like 12 foot closing out and I'm just like, what the fuck is this joint? And then he's like... The small ones are actually the shit ones. You should just wait for a bomb and go them. Like, they're way better. <laughs> and then 12 foot first surf. And is there any water in the base of these things or not? Nah, we call them Moses waves because the water, the water parts waves underneath them. And, um, and um, so I, I like kind of like um, muscled up some courage and kind of got into one that like closed out. And the next wave, I like popped up. And the jet ski conked out and there was a 12-foot closeout and the jet ski went over my head as I'm, as I'm duck diving and the two guys that were filming on the jet ski synchronised dove off the ski, which was Katie and Mad Dog. And I just remember seeing this jet ski going over my head and then it was so chaotic and then I ended up having to tie my leg rope to the ski and paddle it back into the boat ramp. <laughs> And then, and then when we got into the boat ramp, um, turns out like Mad Dog had a troopy and he always left his side, like one of the side windows open because the, his lock scenario was broken. So when I went and swapped over the boards, I like closed the window. So I locked his keys in the car. <laughs> so then we got one of our mates to go and get a coat hanger so we could get, unlock the car and he came back with a plastic coat hanger. <laughs> and that was my f- that was like my introduction to these fucking lunatics <laughs> oh man take me back to Queensland <laughs> that is incredible 
Nos, what about you, man? Like, was it a similar story? Like, when you, when you got let into this universe of absolute lunatics, surfing waves that have no right to really be surfed, and they've been, been doing it forever. Do you remember a session where you were just like, what the actual fuck is this? Yeah, I kind of had one. It's definitely not as sick as that, but <laughs> um, I'll keep it more serious, I guess. I, know, I just went and pulled back heaps of times, didn't catch a wave, and had a shocker and got real mad at myself. How, how, what, is, what are you talking about, though? Like, what are the waves doing? Like, skits. Like, I don't, I don't know. You can't, couldn't have even surfed it, but, like, getting mad at yourself and, like, not being able to surf something that's not surfable. But then watching, like, Dorf go absolutely psycho out there. You're like, you could, but just not, I don't know, just that, like, first time you surf waves like that and you can't, like, you just can't figure out how to even look at it because you just go and pull back and just do your own head in. That's gnarly. Man, it, it's such a wild concept because, like I said, for pretty much two decades, like, we, we all knew these waves existed, but it, it took about 20 years for, for surfers to have a crack at them. Being out there, and they do seem fucking unsurfable. They lurch so hard, they wedge, there's fucking tripped out boils. You're looking at pointy rocks that just want to prolapse your cornhole. It's so skits. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, talk to us about being out there with the boogs and, and watching their approach and, and whether anything really translates from the boog to the stick and, uh, you know, what kind of advice, encouragement they have for you in those kinds of conditions. I don't know. I think the more, like, that we've surfed with boogs and like we know what we can do now and you know what they can do and now it kind of seems easier like you see one come through and you're like oh, i can't do that let them go but then there's one that comes through with like just a little bit of like a it's just like a little micro moment where you can get into it and like just see yourself doing it and you just act on that little micro moment and that's it all you can do the, it's it's getting to the point though now where it's like getting extremely dangerous, especially with this guy in town. Like, I literally just like, it's gotten to the point where you you kind of thought you had some sort of limit, and and now it's get like it's like set for set. Like we've had a few sessions in the last few months where it's like each bomb would come through and we're just trading them off, and each one's getting gnarlier, and it's like you're just blowing yourself into reef. Like it's full on. Man, it's so full on. Like, I've watched all these clips. Uh, I mean, for me, there was one, uh, one clip you put out has, I think, it, I want to say it was down in Tassie somewhere, but it was the psychoest left slab. Like, clearly a boog wave. Uh, it was basically no let in, and you were just balled up, knifing the fucking psychoest drops. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, surfing's hitting a, hitting a crazy, crazy golden age right now where finally there's guys with the talent to surf these waves. Uh, I mean, again, I guess just back to the bodyboarders, like it, what you're saying is so interesting, man, that micro moment, like that moment does exist. How do you identify that moment? Do you have to sit in the channel for an hour watching the boogs, knife into them to start to fucking see that, oh, yeah, there is a little fucking, a little wedge or a little boil I can get in on? Like how does it work? Because if you don't nail that micro moment, you go on head first into a bunch of pointy fucking rocks. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, there's... I've been booging heaps and it's pretty much the exact same as surfing apart from the little moment where you like let go of the rail and on the boog you're still kicking so you just get down it but that little moment where you let go of the rails where you get slowed up and that's where you get fucked over and um, I don't know it's been sick to just kind of 
explore that and there's been other people doing it too like a lot of our friends that i've seen surfing doing it the same who are just like random dudes as well and it just seems like everyone's on the same thing like we draw a lot of inspiration from russ i don't know if he draws it from bergen but he's the gnarliest slab surfer i've ever seen in my life he's a lunatic and like i don't i don't know if he he gets heaps of credit but like probably not enough for like how fucked up he is like he might be the most psychoest person in the fucking world you know i'm pretty sure <laughs> from what i've seen hundred percent a hundred percent and like you know noah you're from the goldie there is like one skit slab near where you live but you know generally you know it's a pretty fickle joint um you know generally you're surfing beaches sand bottom waves points and stuff like that tell us a bit about your journey uh to these kinds of waves and not only becoming proficient in them but fucking mate after you see this video you will understand how high end this guy surfing is yeah i guess i don't know i grew up on sand absolutely hate it now don't want to surf any beaches i i like surf the, i don't know i surf snapper my whole life and definitely burnt myself out on right point breaks and also, I remember there was one swell where I, like, ended up moving away from there because it was so fucked. It was, like, I think it was, like, the Winston sweller or something like that, and everyone was freaking out about it. It was, like, three foot. It was, like, two to three foot, and everyone had skis out, and it was so fucking lame. And, like, legit, everyone was just dogging each other, burning people in the pit, just smoking each other. And I was, like, what the fuck is this? I was, like, this is done. It's so like, dark. There was a hundred people out in the dark with like, and there was like twenty people with head torches on. <laughs> so what the fuck's going on with this? It's wild. That's out. when I wrapped it. I was like, mm. I grew up here and I could probably get whatever wave I wanted, but I'm fucking Dunsky, you know? Well, yeah, it's like the, the North Coast dream died in about 1991, and cunts have just been flogging a dead horse ever since. <laughs> when, yeah, the jet, well, when the jet ski was invented. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I go, I go home and my dad's like fucking telling me that he surfed Kira with two people when it was fucking cooking off its head when he ditched work. I'm like, oh, cheers, dad. Now there's fucking 500 people out and it's like three foot and shit. Yeah, and you're surfing through jet ski wake. Yeah. Very hamad. But uh, yeah, and then, so, mate, it, it, I, I see why you transitioned. Being from the Goldie, it's so busy, it's so torturous. But now you're surfing these waves on days where... Yeah, only a very small handful of people want them. And that in itself must be so pleasant <laughs> somehow. Yeah, once you get in and go and have a beer after it, it's pleasant. It feels like when you get taken on a wild goose chase with Dav and Katie who don't know what the fuck's going on and you get fucking ripped around the coast and burned through like 300 bucks of fuel and do your own lid in, it's... I don't know, it's pretty pretty sick, actually. I don't know. It just feels crazy when you're doing it, though, you know? <laughs> I, I wanted to, uh, in addition to that, like the running around and the burning around, like the intensity of the waves that you're surfing. And we've had a bullshit run as well. Like, it's been like three years of fucking pumping waves on the east coast of Australia. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, when, you know, if you're out there on those days, a lot of the clips in the film, mate, you were saying, like, fuck, I had to go in. Like, I wanted to go in. I couldn't keep surfing with that sort of level of intensity and focus. And, you know, sometimes you're waiting two hours for the one wave that you want to get. So, like, what does that do to you emotionally when you, you get the one that you're after? I reckon 
a lot of it, like, there's a really short window in a lot of the waves, a lot of these reef breaks where you've maybe got two hours of good tide, a very short window, a good wind, and, yeah, exactly, and Timbernathan's around the corner with his fleece of... Oh, creepy Timbernathan! We see him! With his double <laughs> telephoto lens hooked straight up to Starlink, just beaming it all out to the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, no, that, that, but basically it's just a, you got a really short window and when the waves are good, I feel like, I feel like now you kind of know, you're just like, all right, if, if the waves are good, you just kind of like, you just go for it at that moment and that's what, that's what really makes you put, put your head down and, and, and have a go, really. It's not like, you, it's not like if the, the waves are pumping all day, you're basically like, you're surfing one wave for one to two hours until the tide gets too low and then you're jumping in your car, staying in your wetty, driving like two hours down the coast to surf another wave until the wind turns and then you're, and then you're driving back up the coast to then go find some waves to do some airs into some like wind or some shit. It's just full on. Yeah, and by the time you're trying to do airs in the wind, you're so done, but some weird reason you're cracking the whip on yourself just to do it anyway, just to see how fucking cooked you, cook fit you can get, you know? Man, it, it's what I was going to ask you, actually. I just watched that doco, uh, that stab doco, how surfers get paid, and I was kind of wondering, you know, in your line of work, like, what is your bargaining chip? Like, how do you guys get paid? I guess, you know, it's kind of a case of fucking go big or go brick lane cunt, isn't it? Like... <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know what, like... Um, my, you know, my, my family, my old man works so fucking hard and basically like all my friends like through the week are slaving away on job sites and you've kind of got all the week to, to surf and that, that's, that's actually another reason why you put your head down even harder as well is like having all these people that motivate you that, that work so hard and we've been given an amazing opportunity to surf for a living and live like literally a life that millions of kids would absolutely die for. Like, I don't know, I guess, what was the question again? Well, like, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, it, that's true in one sense, but... Maybe, no, like, yeah, I, deep there. <laughs> I like, I went to try and give up because I got in a blow up with my dad when I was surfing comps. And I was like, this is fucked, I hate it. And he's like, you coming to work with me then? And I went and put Jeep Rock Sealands up with him for a week. And I was like, I'm never fucking doing this again. I'm going to try so fucking hard because it was so bad. Yeah. And he wouldn't let me use a prop or anything. It was fucked. <laughs> but and like, like, that made me work harder than anything. 100%, man. Nothing will make you work harder than sweating your ring out on a North Coast building site on an autumn mid morning when it's coning off its dial. That's for sure. There's also like pro surfers, though, that'll just like sit at their like local beach and just surf out the front their whole lives. Like, that's, that's the easy option. Well, like, that, that's kind of my point, man. Like, you know, yeah, it's everyone's dream to be a pro surfer, but in order to be a pro surfer, the market demands that you risk it for the fucking biscuit and you cunts are risking it big time. And, you know, I hope they're paying you well because they should be paying you proper danger money because you're one wipeout away from fucking permanent brain damage or a spinal injury. I'm not even joking. Just think about that next time you're paddling into one. <laughs> But I'm not joking, like, you watch rugby league, you watch the UFC, it's all been doing all day. And, i got uh, more chance of getting brain damage in this pub. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Getting creased by some dude on the way out. 
But, you know, like, man, you know, they're heavy waves and uh, there's a small margin for error and, you know, you feel that in all of your bones when you're trying to knife one. It's skits out there. And um, I guess, yeah, I don't know really what the question is. I just do hope that they're compensating you well for what you're doing because you're fucking sending it, man, and it is dangerous. And I guess the question is, like, have you guys got flogged in such a way where you were, like, rattled, like, wow, I could have potentially... That could have been a life-altering injury. Uh, I've... Yeah, definitely. Like, actually, remember that surfing world trip that we did th- that in the, that house? I, like, I got pushed so deep underwater one morning and, like, smacked my head on the reef and had to get, like, scans on my brain and stuff. And you're just, like... <laughs> I wish I was on a job site this morning. <laughs> just doing... Seriously? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, I don't know. You're just kind of like... I just, just guess like knowing your limits with things, I think. And just like trusting your, trusting your instinct. I try and... Um, I try and... I'd like to think that I'm like a calculated surfer and that I, I've definitely seen... I've definitely rocked up to the beach some days and seen the waves and be like, that's out of my, that's out of my ballpark kind of thing. Like that day that like Craig Anderson was like whipping into like 15 foot supers, it was like... It was just, ins- it was making me like spew on the rocks. I thought he was going to die. Yeah, I, with he no was... helmet, just that fucking mental perm to protect his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's another reason why we've been trying to do what we're doing. Craig absolutely stitched us the fuck up. Went absolutely psycho and kind of set the bar for us anyway. Seriously, man, he's a, Ando fucking lunatic. Is a fucking lunatic. I mean, and I guess one of the OG guys to run off the boogs, right? Like, he was fucking fully boog spec, like, taking on the most psycho slabs. Noz, have you had any injuries or, or, or close calls that have made you wish you were back on the job site putting Jiprock up? Matt, yeah, kind of, but not anything too crazy. Definitely a couple of flexings, but nothing. Talk us through one. Well, I was going to say, I can think of one wave in particular that I don't know if it flexed you or not, but it really changed the course of your life. And that was that uh, the big closeout at Backdoor um, during the Backdoor shootout. Both of you guys, both these guys will be representing Australia in the Pipeline Masters coming up. So they've both got invites. The Pipe Masters, there's... Uh, it's a weird one, but the Pipe Masters was originally an invite-only event. The best pipeline surfers got invited, and then the CT took over, and all of a sudden, you know, the best pipeline surfers got kind of pushed out of the way so that people could surf. Now it's sort of split off again, and these guys have been invited, which is bullshit. I'm so stoked. Cannot wait. But, boys, I've got to ask, like, first of all, Noah, talk us through that wave, man, because that, that was like everyone knew that you were the up-and-coming free surfer. There was a lot of hype around sort of like the clips that you were dropping with Dane, starting to fill magazine pages, but that wave changed everything. Yeah. Um, I was sitting next to Gavin. I thought he was going left. It was like an absolute perfect left. Should have went left, I reckon. It was perfect. And but I- wait, to set the scene, it's bombing huge, perfect pipe and backdoor. Like, it's fucking... Yeah. It's borderline 18 foot. It's getting to, like, ridiculous sizes. It's just real in. good, though. Like, when it's, it's, it changes out there, like, the bottom's fucked, but, like, the wave is so good. 
Like, if you can get out there in a heat with no one else out, it's, like, the fucking sickest wave ever. It's not, like, you're not sitting under it with, like, 100 people trying to, like, everyone's trying to go and everyone's taking off in the wrong spot. When you're out there in a heat, you can, like, sit in the right spot and just pick and choose and, like, go sick ones. That one, definitely, I just thought Gavin was going left. I should have went left for sure, but I was like, this must be such a fucking mental one if he's going left on this thing. It looks kind of big, but... It also kind of didn't look that big, and then I piled into it and then took off, and I was like, fuck, uh-oh, and just sort of got under it. But then when I come off the bottom, I was like, this, it felt pretty sick. It was a solid pit, and then kind of almost doggy-doored it, but it kind of, the spit, like, ripped me back and dogged me, like, right at the end I was spewing. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know, it was... I always kind of wish I went left on it because it was such a fucked up left too. <laughs> and it was would have been so easy, especially because I was kind of on the shoulder for the right too. But So so Gavin didn't go left, so your knife and just gone, damn it. No, nah, I paddled back out and they were like, what the fuck, why did you go that? And I was like, I thought Gavin was going left and Kaimana was tripping going, can't believe you went that. And I was like, I just didn't really know. And then I seen the footage after and I was like, fuck, that was actually pretty a pretty gnarly one. Mate. The, the Volcom House is so infamous for being, you know, like the epicentre of the North Shore, the epicentre of, like, pipeline fucking craziness. Yeah. And you just signed this uh, big money contract with Volcom, so you're the new kid on the block. What was it like when you came in from that heat? Like, describe the sort of feeling in the house when you came in and they were like, fucking air guy, yeah, but what about that? Yeah, it was... People were definitely, like, tripping, for sure, but... Especially <laughs> due to a, a wee moment that happened a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah. like a, lot of, a lot of people weren't... And, and, like, you literally shut everyone up in that little moment and was like, I belong here. Do you know what the moment is? Say it, Noz. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll get canned from that comp that I'm trying to fucking go in if I say that. Yeah, no, I had a... Uh, I've often thought about saying it again, but they, like, got rid of the surfer pole. Like, imagine if I got another award and just said it again. Like, mate. you can't... Double jeopardy, you can't get done for the same crime <laughs> twice. You shouldn't have got done the first time. It was outrageous. <laughs> I was there at night. I was in the back right corner of me old mate, Perth, Stan Link, and, uh, you know, if anyone's ever been to the surfer pole awards, it has all the fucking prestige of a board rider's prezzo, but with none of the dick tricks or the nudity or any of the good shit. It's fucking so unbelievably boring and seppo. I never knew, but no one laughed at all in the whole crowd. Are you kidding me? We were doubled over, (laughs) pissing ourselves. We were just going, finally! Yeah, Noah! Yeah! You were the only two Aussies in the room and you're Pretty up much. the back. Yeah, right up the back just drinking mojitos, fucking pissing ourselves, like, yeah, loving it. Honestly, like, they feed you up with, like, I had, like, six Mai Tais. They got, like, four shots in each one. What do you fucking think was going to happen? I mean, I, I just thought it was, like, completely par for the course. I was just like, fucking, yeah, like, of course he's going to say that. Like, that's classic. That's fucking, he doesn't surf for him. It's, uh, these kinds of legless. They've been fucking free surfing around the world for two years, bagging clips. They've put out the best surf film in years. Fucking rub it in. Rub it right fucking in. Well played. But how much, I know you've spoken about this in interviews before, but not on this podcast. So how much did that actually affect your life, that fuck the WSL call? Um, yeah, it was a, it was an absolute nighty. Um, <laughs> I like, yeah, I got cut like 
a fair bit of cash off my contract and had to not drink a beer for three months or else I was going to get dropped, which is fucking real hard. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that and just, like, having some of your favourite surfers, like, definitely won't name names, but, like, say that just getting on the bandwagon and saying you're, like, a fucking shit cunt for fucking saying something, it's like, righto, you know? I don't know, that was what bummed me out the hardest. And Craig got kind of roped into it too. And like, I don't know, he didn't even say anything, you know? What about the, just the initial aftermath, mate? Because like it, was a, it, was, it was just turned into this, it was like a snowball and then it was an avalanche and yeah. then you were fucking buried. Like, so it was like, it was fully sweet the next day and I just didn't think anything about it. And then I smoked a joint, which I don't, I don't even smoke weed. And then... Um, pretty much turned the amp up to like 15 with oh, yeah. that it'll do that and then people started messaging me going like yeah people are pissed the maui wowie and oh, i was like wow. fucking uh oh and i had to yeah i had to talk to like brian surratt and stuff and like sunny was off it and had to talk to him and stuff it was, it was fucked so you're, you're getting you're getting but dri- i think driven around to apologize to people is that what's happened sammy yeah but I think the worst bit about it was like, like after a few years and like asking people, like I think they were just pissed off that I swore on TV and kids were watching it. Like I think that was the worst thing about it. That's the worst. That's the stupidest thing about it, though. Like, I guess it's not like here though. Like we can swear and say whatever the fuck we want in Oz, but every other country gets trippy on it, you know. Well. The way I understood it, because I was there and I covered it after, and one of the things that I don't know if people realise, but like it was being beamed out live in Hawaii and on state television or whatever, and you know it turns out Hawaii's just like full of these weird like happy clapping Chriso fucking strook cunts, so they're all like banging the phone lines like fucking Nigel, Nigel, this Australian is cussing on the TV, call up the hotline, Nigel. And then you got, like, fucking Johnny Boy Gomes and shit, like, hardcore, like, new no. school Chriso dudes. Like, I don't know. It's nah, a, a weird joint Hawaiian. Then dudes are smoking, like, chronic weed and losing their minds, and that's you. And, like, I don't know. It's fucking it was actually It was actually weird, like... I think there was a bunch of people that were pissed off about it, for sure. But then in the, like, years after that I've been there, like, most of the people that I would, like, actually think are, like, gnarly or... I don't know, like, care what they thought. They were, like, stoked on it. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> all, the, all the stories that I've heard over the years of going to Hawaii of people that have gone there and gotten themselves in serious strife and had to be marched up to someone's house to apologise and all that kind of stuff end up gaining so much more respect and those Hawaiians back you so much harder because you just deal with that shit. Can I, can I just share an anecdote with you guys about... There was a guy on tour in the 90s called Pedersen Rosa. And he was a big Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert lunatic. They called him the animal. That was his nickname. And he had, a, in, he had like some sort of kerfuffle out in the surf with uh, one of the really young Hawaiians. And word got out that Eddie and the boys wanted to find him. And so he was like, when word got back to the animal... Pedersen that Eddie wanted to talk to him he went oh really and he just jumps on his bike rides over to the house where Eddie lives there's a bunch of crew just on the heavy bags and blah 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 
Swinging chains. Swinging chains, like fucking people sparking at him as he's riding up the driveway. I'll just paint the scene further. Ice-T's body count is just blooming out of a fucking ghetto blaster. Body count. Body count. And That's the one. Eddie's up on the veranda and he looks down and Pedersen goes, Eddie, I'm here. What's the problem? Let's, let's deal with it. And he goes, yeah, man, well, you... Uh, you did the wrong thing. You disrespected a young guy and, like, you know, we can't have that here. Like, lots of people come here, you show disrespect. And, and he goes, fair enough, that's not how it happened, but I'll deal with whatever you want to deal with. And so Eddie calls out this grommet who's only, like, 17, and he says, Grom, go deal with it. And so Pedersen looks like that fucking bloke who just won the UFC. He is fucking ripped and angry-looking and a fucking beast. And this grommet is like there with all the brothers looking at him. And he walks up and he's like looking up at the veranda and he looks at Pedersen and he just clocks him. Just punches him in the head. And Pedersen goes like this. We good? (laughs) And Eddie Rothman looks at everyone and goes, no one touches this cunt ever again. He just got on his bike and treadled out of there. But that's kind of how it works over there. Like, you deal with it, and they love you for it. And, and like, like I said, you know, that wave at Backdoor is a similar thing. It's like you get over there, you have the worst experience you can. It wasn't your fault. It's just like something had happened. You get over there. My ties. You, my ties fault. But you send it, and all of a sudden the Volcom house is just erupting and fucking that's it. You've got your place at the pot. Yeah, that was, that was sick. <laughs> Talk to us a bit about, you, you, you were starting to mention, you know, the waves at Backdoor and Pipe, like, compared to the slabs you're surfing on the south coast, they are actually quite perfect. There's a lot of time and space. There's a big wedge in it at Backdoor. You can chip in kind of and, you know, you can get into waves where, fuck, when you're setting up your line, you're like, oh, my God, this is so much bigger than I thought when I yeah. was dropping into this thing. I mean, talk to us about the kinds of waves on, you know, let's say this fucking East Coast, uh, yeah. and, and how much more technical they are and how they groom you for pipe and whatnot. Yeah, I guess, like, they're just a lot quicker and pipe's definitely consequential because of, like, how fucked up the bottom is and that's the thing that gets in your head when you're trying to go waves out there. But, like, if, the, if it was just kanji, like, you'd be going dead set anything out there because a lot of the waves that come through, like... Especially if it's like, when it's like low period and real big, it's actually the sickest wave ever. Like it's, you couldn't build a better wave. Like it's perfect. Not, it doesn't really look perfect and it probably isn't really perfect, but in the sense of like a wave that you want to surf, it's like gnarly enough to be like scary, but like it doesn't do this like stuff like in Oz at at Slabs where it just comes in out of real deep water and just drops real hard and you have to get right under it or you just get smoked it kind of like peaks up really hard and you can like sort of trim in from out the back and get a line into it it's it's pretty insane and down like i guess a lot of the waves that you surf in oz that are um kind of slabs and stuff are, are, they're just so hard to surf and like anyone that's surfing them and surfing them well you just i know i got respect for that you know it's there's, it's there's, crazy. there's so many waves in Oz that are way gnarlier than, than Pipeline. But you don't have massive gorillas breathing on the back of your neck. <laughs> and 
literally it's like that's the, the scariest part about pipeline is like the lineup it's like you like you could just get cl- too close to someone and like someone would be pissed off at you like yeah. I, i've never had the opportunity to surf like pipe in a heat and i actually don't even feel like i know what the wave even looks like because every time i've been out there there's just been a mountain of orcs just like in the like on the on the peak like i don't even i don't even know what the wave is like like it's you you're gonna trip it's like you go from being like this wave's like the scariest wave you've ever surfed to like fuck this wave's so good when you sit like 20 meters further out because there's no one out and you don't have orcs and then you can just let all those inside ones go that actually are real hard to get into you don't even you won't even go for them because you're sitting further out and um like the bottom and the orcs is definitely the scariest bit about that wave. Oh man, that's why I'm so psyched for this whole Vans Pipe Masters concept because it's it's going to give you guys the opportunity opportunity to show you know what you've learned on our waves over there, and, and that's a real treat. And I, I feel like you know if you had the choice of the kinds of waves that locals get out there, fuck man, you guys will be doing some serious damage, and you're going to get that choice, and we're all going to fucking see, and it's going to be very hamad. <laughs> I've got one other question for you. Um, There's an aerial component in this Pipe Masters, apparently, and I don't know what that means, but years ago I did an interview with Bruce Hines, and I said, what's the best airwaves in... What is the best airwave in the world? And he was like, backdoor pipe is the best ramp that exists. He goes, it sends you into it so fast, and it comes at you so hard, and if you hit it right, you can fucking soar. Like... I don't know if that's uh, attractive to you. We don't see a lot of goofs even really attacking backdoor, but... I won't be attacking that backdoor ramp. No. I don't even know if I'm going to be attacking that left ramp with these new two screws, uh, ten screws in my leg. (laughs) But, no, I I definitely agree with, like, the the power that the the wave has. And it's so close to shore. It's basically like a mega shorey on reef, like... It launches you so high. And you see some of the airs that people have done out there. It's like pretty, like pretty insane. Like the, the Nate John Fletch. John. Yeah, the, the John John Oop at Backdoor. Christian and Nate back in the day. The Nate in the current Nate day. The Nate nonstick is, fuck, that thing's like 10 foot. Christian's nonstick back in the day too. Yeah. And then also uh, Dane did a fucking unbelievable one when it was like four foot. He got like 12 foot in the air. So is that like something that you'll be thinking about? On the day? Hitting yeah. that ramp? Yeah, it's hard because you, like, kind of want to... I was tripping on what board to ride because you kind of want to... I don't know. If you ride a board over, like, over a step up, they just go straight in half every time you do an air for some reason. I think it's, like, the way they flex or something when you land. But I've tried airs on, like, six eights and shit, and I ride a six one normally or a six two, but... That's what I was tripping on. I was like, got to ride a 6.4 or something. But then I'm like, but then if it's big, then you want to ride a bigger board so you can just get into them easy. And you're like, but for sure, if the, if the wind was good on the right, be going for it. But also the left, if there's a little bit of sand on the end and it's early in the year, which there could be a little bit of sand on the end, it could be huge ramps. And I mean, everyone in the comp, is definitely going to whack an air. If there's a section, no one's going to dog it, hopefully. But, like, 
if I feel like that's the best time to hit it, a ramp is when you're coming out of the pit. You just had like the sickest time ever, and then you come out and you just whack it. You don't even know what's going on, and that's like kind of when you're gonna do your best thing, you know. You black out when you come out of the pit. <laughs> Mate, I'm super interested to know too. Like your trajectory through pro surfing was pretty interesting. Though. I was like, I remember bumping into you at D Bar when you were like, "Fuck, I want to say." 16, 15, you were surfing good, but I had no idea that you were going to be a pro surfer at that point. And then you got signed to Rusty on a pretty, like, paltry deal. Jip rock ceilings. Yes, bro, exactly. Yeah, so you're on, like, a pretty small deal with Rusty. You're putting up Jip rock with your old man, and in that... Only for, like, two days, I was so off it. Yeah, because you went fucking mad when you were... like with Rusty and then you get signed to Vulcan man what was that like I mean Vulcan is such an iconic company they've always put out the most iconic films yeah. they've you know sponsored I'm assuming your absolute heroes in, in Bruce and Aussie like what was yeah. that moment like for you yeah it was insane I like definitely always thought about it and just like wish I could ride for someone like that never thought it would be possible and then and I kind of just, Bammy kind of fired it up and got me on and I was tripping. And then Azar, Jackson Peels and um, Aussie, when we like, when I signed on, they came up and we had like a fire up and had some beers and shit. And I was like, fuck, I'm on the team. This is nuts. And then like put my stickers on. And I was like, oh, I was just like, fuck, these look good on the nose. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's the only sticker that's ever looked good on the nose of a surfboard, <laughs> yeah. Hey? yeah, that's so true. And I just, I don't know, like, I always kind of... It's like when you're a Grom, you draw, like, a Volcom logo or a Stussy logo or something like that, you know? And then, I don't know, to end up riding for them, just fucked up, you know? So, it's just perfect. <laughs> But I guess the flip side to that is, you know, they've got a couple of events in Hawaii, um, the Vulcan Pipe Pro namely, and then they've got a team in the backdoor shootout. And one of the first conversations that's had when you're on the team is like, you're surfing in this event, cunt. What yeah. was that like? Yeah, that, it's, it's real hard because those comps, especially the backdoor shootout, is a really hard one because in Australia, everyone knows, like, it gets to like December and everyone just gives up on surfing and just gets completely trashed. And then Christmas rolls around and you just blow your fucking gunt to smithereens on food and shit. And then you, um, and then New Year's comes around and then you just obviously blow it to fucking bits as well. It just goes beer, too much beer, too much trifle, too many googs. And, and then, it's, just, yeah. it's just a full blowout. And then they start the comp on like the... Th- fucking fourth or something and you're like fuck I better get there on like the first so I can like get two days of trying to surf before it's like a hundred foot and everyone at Dahui's at the house and like fucking skits in you're like fuck this is gnarly but there's like two people there's actually three people who like made me feel comfortable over there and that's like Kaimana Ty and also um, Gavin as well, and also Derek Ho. Like, he made me feel real good over there. He's the man. 
So that those dudes made me feel at home the whole time and like Bruce as well. But everyone over there is like it's all skitty and shit, but all of the like dons are like the nicest dudes ever and they like got your back, you know? So that that made me feel sweet. So that was cool. Can you give us an insight into what life's like at the Volcom House for a, a Grom from Coolangatta? I mean, it's, it's such an infamous and iconic institution. Um, so many shenanigans that go on there. Like, yeah, just give us an idea. Give, give us some stories, I guess, fr- from your time there. You must have seen some, some wild waves go down and some wild parties too. Yeah, I think the wild party thing, like, ended before I was there, sort of. They don't really go that skits anymore, but I definitely... Like, was doing some sneaky drinking a couple of nights solo, and then you wake up hung and you're trying to act like not hung. <laughs> but um, they got the little dungeon. Bruce actually made him like dig this zone out under the small house, so he could just have like a little dark, like incubated zone to sleep in. <laughs> but it, Ballaram tapped me into it like before you got, got to go out and surf a heat. He's like, just go down in the dungeon and hang out. He's like, you can't see anything. So, like, you can't get, like, all freaked out on, like, just watching everyone get pitted in heats before you and you can't lose your mind. And um, he's, like, one of the best pipe surfers that's ever lived, I reckon, Ballaram. And, like, I was like, all right, because I was, like, fucking losing it. And I was like, sweet, just go sit down in the dungeon and cruise. And that's where all the Groms live when they come over. But it's pretty funny down there. And that's Bruce's old room. And I feel like it's got his, like, energy in there from him back in the day. And I feel like all the groms that come over there, they stay in there and they go so fucking hard when they come over, you know? So that's sick. But um, I definitely, like... I took Derek's boards in one night when he, like... He left them all out and I, like, stacked them all up in my room. And he was like, where's my boards? He was skitzing. And I was like, oh, they're all in here, like, because I didn't want anyone to steal them. I was, like, tripping. And he was real stoked on that. But I don't know, that that dude's, like, he was a king. And I just thought, fuck, if his boards are sitting out in the yard here, if someone steals them, I'd be so rattled, you know. But it's pretty chill there, you know. Like, everyone goes to sleep real early, and it's not definitely not like it used to be. Nah, it's not the Wolfpack house yeah. anymore. But you can feel, like, an energy in there of, like, complete fear of firings that went down in back in the day, you know, of people fully torching it. Which is funny because, like, before that, it was Jerry Lopez's house. So it was just a, a meditation. And oh, no, yoga. the other one. Oh, the, oh, the little one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, little the one. Jerry house is, like, sort of chill. Yeah. Yeah. But Jerry energy. Yeah, it's yoga. yoga. <laughs> it's good. It's real. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Why are you looking at me, mate? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I got a funny memory myself about the first time I met Noah. It was, uh, we are in Bali for a, a World Junior event. Uh, you'd just come from the Philippines. I think you'd lost your passport. There was a giant... It got stolen. He's still trying to find it. But one Being thing that I... passport office every week <laughs> for the last three months trying to get a new passport. But I... Uh, Unlike Smithy, I was like, I watched Noah lose his first heat, get knocked out of the comp after this huge drama of trying to get from the Philippines to Bali. And um, 
something about his something about his surfing was just speaking to me, and I was like, these kids, these kids got something for sure. And I hadn't met you before. You had the bowl cut going at that stage, and I come up to you afterwards. Remember, we were in the um, some fucking Poppy's Lane bar or something. You were probably 17, but you were on a heater. And I said, mate, good to meet you. I really like your surfing. And, you, and he looked at me and went, do you want to go and have some mushy shakes? And I went, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> and so we went down this side alley. But that's not the point of the story. Fuck, we were pretty buckled, but it was sick. But I was like, you were like down and in tight with all the locals and like really like involved with, you know, life on the island outside of just that pro surfing experience. And everywhere we've been, man, you've been the same. You're like, when we're in the, the Volcom house, it's rare that Noah's sort of in the front yard hanging out with all the crew. He's like in the back hanging out with all the security guards and playing Kanaka. ukulele. And, <laughs> man, Shout like, out to Chemo, what? dude. Well, I, I, Kanaka Security Solutions. Yeah, the point is... Kanaka. Powered like, by spam. Like, I've always admired... That you just love people, you love people where they're from, you want to know their stories and you want to get involved with them. Like, where does that come from, man? I don't know. My mum, like, talks heaps and just wants to chew everyone's ears off. And I think... Oh, let I me got... butt in. Let me butt in <laughs> yeah. real quick. So, yeah, I tried to call Noah the other day and I had his old phone number from, like, when he was, like, like 17 or something, still saving my phone and I called the wrong number. And Noah's mum picks up the phone and she's like, um, hey, it's, it's Colleen here. What, what? And I'm like, wait, what? As, I thought he lost his phone or something. And then she's like, no, this is Noah's old phone number. And she was just so on for a chat. And we just chewed the fat for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> so that's where it comes from. It's so sure. good, man. I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting both your olds and they're just the loveliest people, man. Like Colleen, Wayne, oh man, that was just so old school, salt of the earth. And, and both like iconic surfers. Like your old boy, obviously like one of the most respected, talented surfer shapers this country's ever produced. And, and Colleen was like like national champ. Aussie too, champ, right? yeah. That's fucking wild. Pretty so sick, you're yeah, man. of a surfing <laughs> dynasty. Yeah. Um, my dad, yeah, he won a world title on longboard and like 12 Aussie champs or something like that and heaps of like 20 Queensland champs, but my mum won two Aussie titles, which is pretty sick. It's so skits, man. What was it like growing up in a household with parents who were living surf legends in a town that is just dotted with them? You know, you, you can't get a loaf of bread without bumping into some surfing icon or tripping over one in the gutter drinking metho or some shit. But no, I get... like, it's battler country up there, Cooley. Don't worry about that. I actually got a funny story. I just thought about it. Like, my dad... <laughs> my dad was kind of mates with Slater and um, my dad's brother burnt Slater real fucking hard at Snapper one day and just like cooked him super hard. And then um, Slater thought it was my dad and then they just hated each other and just never fucking worked it out. And that was it. Yeah. Just like completely. My dad was like, fuck him. He's like, that was my brother that burnt you and Slater wouldn't drop it. And it got Kelly, s- Kelly used to come over to your house when you were a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd be sitting there in your lounge room with your mum and dad watching TV, playing with your trucks. Yeah. And in walks Kelly Slater. Yeah, back. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Kelly's pretty good, I reckon. He's funny. He's good. Yeah, what, he's good. Was he Who was like, you know, oh, man. But he never dropped that, like, him. my dad never dropped it and Kelly never dropped it and they were never friends again. But it was, like, my uncle who burned him. So it's so fucking weird. What about the other, like, Gold Coast? That's so <laughs> yeah, fucking it was, weird. It was so weird. <laughs> what about the other, like... I never patched it up, ever. <laughs> Like, now my dad's dead and Kelly's doing his thing, but, like, never got patched up. <laughs> wow. What about, like, uh, you know, who were the local surf legends, like your dad's mates, who were, you know, instrumental, like, godfathers, uncles to you growing yeah. up? Yeah. So, Nick Vasicek, um, Damon Harvey. Those are, like, they're goofies, but, like, they were my two favourite ever to watch a snapper. Like... Damon was, like, such a badass out there. He just burned fucking everyone. He was so gnarly out there. And both of them had a crazy backside approach out there. They probably got the best waves I've ever seen anyone get at Snapper. Those two dudes, they were sick. And actually, like, randomly, Mitch Rollins used to get fucked up ones out there too. He still does, but that was, like, the three kind of people. Mitch would, like, kind of drift around from Froggies. And just get like the nuts wave of the day. But Damon and yeah, Nick Vasicek. Nick Vasicek's backhand attack at Snapper was insane. And also Breno as well. Yeah. I looked up to Breno when I was a grum hard. Mate, we'll wrap it in a second. But one thing about having parents who are surf legends, like I remember we did this interview a while ago and it was so cool. Like I was like, instead of just, you know, your normal school holidays, you go camping with your folks. You might go stay with friends and stuff. You know, Noah's a grom and his dad's going down the coast and they're staying with Terry Fitzgerald and Morris Cole and fucking like deep, deep connection to where surfing came from in this country. It doesn't surprise me that you fucking took all that knowledge, whether it's subliminal or not, man, and just fed it into your game. I never really worked it out, but like every time my dad was going to hang with his mates, he was just going to get on the rumbos with him like when he went over to morris's i was like he he's just left like we've just left hanging out with this dude and he's so happy now and i was like he's just on the rums though it's so weird because <laughs> rums make you so angry yeah, i know <laughs> i want to um i want to say like me and noah were, we did we did surf comps with each other when we were like pretty young we did all the grommet events and like the pro junior series and stuff and it was pretty funny watching the transition like we were we were literally at like a surf comp and the waves would be so bad where the comp was and we just wait to get knocked like hopefully we both got knocked in the next heat so then we could go either to the skate park or go surf some like half decent waves somewhere and it's so funny like thinking back when with these tiny like Little kids, like, sitting at the beach at, like, a surf contest just waiting to get knocked out of it so we could go and do something way sicker. <laughs> Even coming to Manly, I was, like... I picked Taz up this morning and I was, like, walking in the back alley and I was, like, oh, when I was, like, 15, I used to skate all these spots and we are checking them out then and that was so fucking bad. <laughs> it's so shit. But it's sick. You know, I mean, it's so good. Look at you guys now. You're doing the biggest, most boned, craziest punts, and you're packing the fucking most harrowing slabs. And we're hitting the most box parties and weddings. 
but it's amazing. Like you're on the top of the pops, and I hope the world acknowledges that and respects that. And I feel like after this surf film drops, they're gonna fucking have to. It's yeah. I, I, what you guys are about to see is gonna blow your mind. So uh, let's watch it. We get... Cheers. Round of applause for our guests, folks. And uh, wait up. You're not getting off that easy. We're going to throw it open to the Swellians. Let's do it. You guys are going to have to cop a few from the crowd right now. Moose Man. How much of a no, loony... cut him off. How get, much of a loony is this bloke? Get Moose up here ASAP. Get him on stage. Fuck it hell. How are you going, Nuts? <laughs> yeah, get him up here. You got that wristband, Nuts? Um, yeah, mate. Oh, I got, like, we're talking about the bowl cut. She was saying, uh, Nas, and was there a bit of drama early in the days between the two and Nas having the bowl cut and maybe Harry stepping on his feet? I don't know. Now that now they're two peas in a pod, but nah, it's uh, all good what now, was going mate. on back then? Don't you worry about it. Why'd you rock up so late today, mate? I'm just trying to Tell get the hair out of my eyes, mate. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out up in Seal Rocks, a bunch of motorbike the riders, eh? It was a quality question, though. Hard-hitting enough for Smithy. Have a couple of cone pieces, Moose Man. Hey! <laughs> Name and question. Uh, uh, Ollie, uh, this one's for Noah. Um, mate, I know you went through a bit of shit earlier this year with the floods and all that. Uh, just wondering if you can talk us through, like, the experience for you and, and how it all went down, because I know it was pretty heavy. Yeah, sweet, man. Um, yeah... It was actually completely fucked. Um, uh, basically, all of it wasn't that bad apart from like I lost a horse. I lost a pony, Bilbo. So, fucking have a drink. Shout to Bilbo. out to Bilbo. But yeah, went, went to sell the house and then two days before it settled, um, like three foot of water fucking came through the house and completely torched it. But. Um, luckily I got a bunch of tradie mates who fucking rallied up and everyone up there, like for everyone, just rallied up, went skids. But Kai McKenzie went nuts. He like redid all the jib rock and I had so many people come over, we redid the driveway, had to pull like trailers out of the creek and shit. It took like two solid weeks, hard to rebuild the fence. It was pretty fucking gnarly, but it... It was more, like, if I didn't lose the horse, I probably wouldn't have cared about what actually happened at the end of the day because seeing all my mates and knowing that, like, some dude, like, everyone to have my back that hard was fucking sick, so. That's a great question, man. And just a quick thanks follow to everyone. Thanks to everyone that helped me out. They all know who they are. They rocked up and they went fucking skids. It was sick. Mental. And... and you know, did it take a bit of time to get over that? Like, what was the process like? Do you, do you even now, do you have, like, flashbacks to that kind of stuff? Yeah, like, first first night we moved into our new house, it rained. It was raining real hard, and, like, it's it's on a hill, so it's sweet, but me and my girlfriend both couldn't sleep. It was fucking skids. It was pretty, like, definitely traumatic, eh? And, like, my neighbour got, like pinned up against the fucking wall with his dogs in the roof and shit and like a log came and like blocked the water from like killing him and um another neighbor like their house washed away and like they ended up stuck in a tree with their like newborn baby and shit it was fucking skids 
was, it got crazy up there, man. It was fucking gnarly. Wild. Great question. Have a couple of cone pieces. Ah! <laughs> Fuck, good accuracy on that one. <laughs> uh, g'day, guys. Um, as uh, the scumbag skaters over here, um, just we spoke about it earlier, Noah, how you're take inspiration from um, Chima and different people and how you're sto stoked and it's a time when skating and surfing has all kind of become together and it's really cool to see skaters and surfers really respect each other on all kinds of fronts and you guys are chatting like Chima mentions Harry I was like I don't even know who Harry yeah, is yeah. and we're all friends but through different people, but now I think it's intertwined more than ever. What does, do you get jazzed on watching skate clips like you would watching surf clips? Does that give you more motivation? Nah, like way more motivation from watching other clips. Like Chima's part fired me up so fucking hard to surf that he, like just to see that he's still got the fucking drive to blow his fucking rig out and go that hard for like, seemed like he only did it for him, like just because he could, or I don't know. And it's like, to watch a dude do that much fucking hammerage in one section and skating. And like, I'll watch some old stuff. Like I'll watch Andy, I'll watch Oki. Oki's one of my favorites, even though he's a goofy. Oki's fucked up, but like, for the most part, like, to get me fired up instead of, like... I, I watch surfing for style, but to get fired up to surf, I'd, like, I'd watch, like, Chima's part or something for sure. There's nothing like getting pumped up to go surf some reef breaks and going and watching some dudes throw himself into some concrete. Onto straight concrete it, and just it fucking really giving it to It really puts things into perspective. <laughs> and also Chima's, like, fucking... He's been doing it for way too long to be doing it that good. He's fucked up. He's got springs in his knees, eh? Straight up. But no, that, to, that is a big... I, I think, like, now, I think with, with, with sporting, like, worldwide, it's, like, breaking the gap between... I don't really care, like, what sort of thing you ride. I don't even... No, like, if you're watching it, it's sick. I don't even hate, like, stand-up paddlers. Like, if, that, if that's what's getting you in the ocean and, like, putting a smile on your face, like, go for it. And, like... This whole thing, I think in the last few years with like um, surfers finally recognising bodyboarders for the, the path that they've, they've led everyone to. And now it's basically like getting inspiration from guys like skaters and like closing this gap and all just like getting each other pumped up. Like we have, we have like... Fuck yeah. It's good. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So wanna ask a funny question, yeah. So what you guys gonna have for breakfast? First I hope Vans by Master, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna have for breakfast, yeah? Fuck, um so you take that one. Egg on toast with fucking <laughs> like uh, uh, fucking Is, sourdough or something. Oh you know what so I had to do the <laughs> I had to do the stab video acai, the other day. Acai bowl. Acai bowl. <laughs> and Someone came over to film me at the breakfast that I'll have like the morning before the Pipe Masters. <laughs> and I went, 
I went to the butcher and got the biggest T-bone I could see. <laughs> and got a few lamb sausages and cooked like three eggs and just dumped it on a T-bone. Did you leave the bamboo schooner out of it? Was there a, was there a bamboo schooner in there? And here's me fucking giant golden cone piece. I've got to rip a couple of hotties Ooh. before I paddle out, obviously. Duh. Not the Maui Wowie. No way. <laughs> Probably end up paddling out at Rockies or something. <laughs> Have we got one last question? One last question for the whole night for the panel up the back here. This is it, folks. Thanks so much for coming it's down. It's so we... good. No one wants any questions. I love you guys. Young Henry's rip-in weekender. We're going to sign it off right here. What's your name, mate? This better be Dave. for Harry. Dave. I got, I got one for um, Harry. Um, yes, you, talk about, you, you talk about your injury and you, you're, not, you're not willing to do the, the large punts at pipe. Ha mentally, how do you overcome that? Um, yeah, I've never really had an injury before. I've like, I was almost like, like not having really a serious injury or anything to kind of put you out of the water and, and pushing yourself and pushing your body into a place where you almost feel like you're in some sort of like invincible state, like, and then having that sort of like handbrake kind of ripped up on you has been like a definite mental challenge, but luckily it wasn't really a long one and... Within the first few weeks, like, I was kind of willing to, like, get back and start doing the rehab stuff and, like, getting my body to, like, back to where it was and having this, like, pipe master's thing kind of, like, dangling at the end has been, like, a real motivation thing that's, like, getting me, like... I could have easily just kind of, like, chilled at home and, like, done fuck all for the rest of the year, but I really wanted to, like... Um, really fucking be stoked for the opportunity and like want my body to be ready for it um so yeah i've been doing a fair bit of training like right now um at at this pub and things like that and and, and he's had like two boxes <laughs> all, all, all these two all these weddings <laughs> all these weddings and box parties are really throwing a spanner in the works but i reckon i'll come all training yeah boys thanks so much for coming on ain't that swell best of luck in the pipeline masters don't you good things Dean, Harry Bryant. I don't know if you guys want to be in a photo with these guys, but if you want to squeeze in, we always like to get it. Nah, we come down the front. Come on down the front if you want to jump in a shot with these guys. Thank fuck, Harry. You got up here it's with me. It's a nice, me. easy way to do it. <laughs> Nosfit, let's fucking do it. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?